The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The Alberta government uh, introducing a new bill that it says will protect and empower survivors of human trafficking. It's called the Protecting Survivors of Human Trafficking Act, also known as Bill 8. And it uh, upholds a promise that the UCP government made during the election campaign and in its May 2019 throne speech. Amber Niemeyer is the Director of External Relations at the Edmonton YWCA and is the WISE lead on this file. And Amy Wilson is the Executive Director of ACT Alberta, the Action Coalition Against Human Trafficking. Uh, Amber and Amy join me this afternoon. Thanks for taking the time. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us on. All right, before we get into the bill specifics, uh, Amy, maybe we'll start with you. And and can you give us what the reality of human traffic is in Alberta, in Canada? Because I think that most people see this as something that happens far, far away. Absolutely. Human trafficking is something that's really misunderstood and often conflated and confused with other issues like human smuggling. Um, And people are often very surprised that trafficking does happen in this province. Um, As Alberta is a provincial organization and we work um, with cases all over Alberta and we see trafficking for the purposes of labor exploitation and trafficking for the purposes of sexual exploitation in small rural areas, in mid-sized cities, and in the major cities um, throughout the province. Amber, under this new bill, the province would follow, abide, they say, by the United Nations definition of trafficking. How does that change what it currently follows, and why is that important? Well, I think what they're actually doing with this is the the protocol itself is quite broadly internationally uh, designated. And so the intent of that protocol is that you can adapt it and refine it to respond to the needs of each um, constituency. So, for example, they've taken those uh, definitions and just refined them down a little bit in terms of what human trafficking is defined as and what what it entails um, and breaking out some of the more common things we might see here Uh, for example it would be um, the providing of like the repeated provision of a controlled substance uh, is just a more granular way of looking at how we define human trafficking So when we look at uh, human trafficking in uh, Alberta, going back to using that that same language, when we look at uh, the number of cases, um, that sort of thing, do do we have a a number of what that looks like? Um, How many cases? Or or, I mean, I'm I'm guessing there's uh, unfortunately a lot that we know absolutely nothing about that goes that goes under the wire all the time. Amy, do you have an idea? I mean, you're absolutely right. Human trafficking is something that happens very underground, and we are always very reluctant to give out any kind of number because, I mean, anytime you hear a number about human trafficking, it's definitely going to be incorrect um, because it's impossible. And people, um, there isn't necessarily a standard way to collect statistics about human trafficking. Um, Different jurisdictions collect things differently. Different jurisdictions use different definitions and things like that. And we know many cases are never reported. Many many cases, and we, we work with folks who don't want to come to police, for example, 
because they might have had previous bad experiences with law enforcement or they're still afraid of what's going to happen with their trafficker when if they do come forward. So numbers are really hard. What we can say is that we know that um, in our organization, our referrals go up regularly, particularly with labor trafficking. That's something that we're seeing more and more. We know that it's one of the fastest growing crimes globally, according to the United Nations. But in terms of hard numbers, they're really hard to collect. So, so for someone who has no idea what labor trafficking is, can you, can you explain that to us? Yes. So human trafficking for the purposes of labor exploitation. Um, It goes by the same definition as sexual exploitation. So this is where somebody is being controlled by a third party and exploited. So the way that this often happens in Alberta for labor trafficking is um, we typically see foreign nationals, so people who come to Canada, often through the temporary foreign worker program, and they come because they, they think that or they've been offered a oh hello hello um, is that amy who we lost amber are you still there i am Okay, uh, Amber. So, and I'm getting with labor trafficking. Then it's that uh, people bring in, and then they're controlled. Things like passports, uh, documents are taken. People are are forced into do work, maybe not get the pay, and have no way out. Is that right around uh, what that's, labor that's trafficking might right. be? That's okay. correct. Yes. So, uh, Bill, Bill H., you've had a chance to, to look at this and, and take a peek at um, what the, what the government has proposed here. Overall, um, given from you know your perch and working with this, and you know this being one of the files that you deal with, uh, are you pleased with it? Are are you are you um, are you pleased that the, the government has is moving in this direction? Are you pleased with what's in it? That's a great question, and I think the answer is uh, absolutely I am pleased uh, that Bill 8 is being introduced. I will say it is a fascinating bill, and that is something that's hard to say about legislation sometimes. But the the way that they've framed uh, their approach in, is will offer some new tools to law enforcement and to um, to NGOs to better better protect victims and uh, prosecute the perpetrators. There's also some a little bit of an evolved approach, I think, in this bill, uh, adding small but important provisions around, for example, um, pets when when mm-hmm. in placing protection orders. We know that from domestic violence, for example, um, pets are often used, um, or the threats of violence or abuse against pets are often used as coercion. So that bringing that recognition from other pieces of legislation into this bill, I think, is a smart move. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the points, uh, getting into a little bit more of some of the points in this bill. When it talks about making it easier for survivors to get protection orders, why uh, Why is that so important? I think because uh, any tool that you can give somebody who is looking to, to who has experienced trafficking, uh, is going to help them in their journey to move forward in a way. The Regardless of the type of trafficking, the the trauma that comes along with being trafficked is enormous. And so accessing justice can be uh, incredibly challenging. And so 
some of the tools in this bill make accessing protection and justice easier for uh, those who have experienced trafficking uh, and to feel as though they're they're being protected and that there are opportunities for them to pursue um, prosecution as well and re- seek some re- recompense for the abuse that they've suffered and often the money that they have generated for the trafficker. One of the uh, things was um, the use of civil warrants being uh, now uh, allowed under this in, in Bill 8, and they're saying that that will enable police to take faster action to rescue survivors, that it would help remove a trafficking victim with their consent faster, and child victims could be removed without their consent. Um, it, it seems to me that there shouldn't be any delay when we're trying to rescue someone from human trafficking. So. Um, if there has been delays and if we have to go through a bunch of procedures in the past, then this has to be a very good thing. Yes, and I think that when we're speaking specifically around say um, sexual exploitation, uh, often there are minors involved and so there are, there are a lot more tools available. But you know that that idea that there's a paperwork in the way for the reaching some of these people who are experiencing trafficking um, is maddening, and I think they've made an excellent shift to to remove some of that red tape so that those people can be um, helped immediately. Do we know if Amy's back on the phone yet, Kellen? I think I am. Oh, hi, Amy. Okay, we're well, glad to have you. <laughs> Welcome back. Glad Amy. to have you back there. <laughs> glad to have you back there. Um, some of the other things that uh, Bill 8 uh, provides for is allowing survivors to sue traffickers, and we touched on this one as well, uh, Amber, allowing victims to get their property back, but allowing survivors to sue traffickers. Um, Man, oh man, that uh, that puts a little bit of power back in the victim's hands, doesn't it, Amy? What, um, how, how do you see that working, and 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 why do you think that that is an important piece of this? Well, one of the big challenges that we find with human trafficking is that convictions are actually really hard to achieve. The evidentiary threshold can be really high in trafficking cases and sometimes they don't even go as far as court. So often people don't necessarily feel that they've um, been able to access justice. Um, the other piece with trafficking is that exploitation is is key and so there's always either a loss financial or often years of people's lives that they aren't able to be with their families. There's so many damages that are involved in a human trafficking situation. So for people to be able to get some compensation for that can be a really powerful tool. I think the other important part is that um, this bill doesn't have a statute of limitations on this tort because it takes many, many years often for people who have been trafficked to be able to recover enough from a situation to be able to, you know, participate in a court process like that. So because there's no um, end date to when they can go back and sue, I think that's a really important component of that tort. Amy, you mentioned that uh, these cases can be very, very difficult to get through um, through the legal system to to get maybe mm-hmm. um, you know uh, outcomes on them. Why is that? 
There are a lot of reasons for that. One is we don't have a lot of case law around human trafficking, so that can be a barrier. Um, we've already talked a little bit about the coercion that happens within trafficking cases. So even for somebody who's experienced trafficking to come forward can be very challenging because they are being controlled. And often their testimony is really what the case hinges on. Um, And we understand more collectively about how trauma impacts the brain and how challenging it can be to have um, testimony that is reliable and not that it's not reliable reliable but it's hard to get that um out in court in a way that that makes a conviction happen and then again traffickers are really smart and Mm. some of them some of them are very savvy and are able to hide their tracks and again the, the evidence is hard to collect sometimes uh, that's Amy Wilson, the Executive Director of ACT Alberta, the Action Coalition Against Human Trafficking, joined by Amber Niemeyer, the Director of External Relations at the YWCA of Edmonton. Amber, you called Bill 8 uh, a fascinating piece of legislation uh, with uh, a, a bit of an evolved approach. Is there more that you think needs to be in here? Bill, uh, I think, you know, part of what I'm fascinated about in the bill is some of the language around definitions and human trafficking as an umbrella term for a number of very um, sometimes disparate um, crimes uh, creates its own challenges to try and make sure that you're making sure that person's being trafficked for labor versus sexual exploitation versus organs and tissues. Um, that's what's so fascinating about uh, a bill of this type because the, the human trafficking itself has so much that uh, it encompasses. Um, it's It's been interesting. I, I'm watching some of their definitions and I think that they've done a good job trying to make it easily understandable so that it can be applied because the implementation of this bill and legislation is really where we're going to see uh, any, the results. And uh, implementation is going to really center around some clear directives and uh, clear language and clear understanding of what human trafficking is and, frankly, isn't. Interesting. Um, before, I, before I let you go, before we run out of time, Amy, anything else that you want to add on, on Bill 8 and what you've seen so far? Um, there's other things are creating this awareness day on February 22nd. I know there was talk of creation of a task force um, and uh, trying to get more education uh, about human trafficking uh, to those in the, in the justice system. I mean, a start, but still a way to go. Yeah, there's still there's a lot to do, and uh, when I was cut off earlier, I was talking about labor trafficking, and and that's one one thing that I do think is really promising in this bill is that they are treating both sexual exploitation and labor trafficking, as well as other forms of human trafficking, where the focus tends typically to just be on sexual exploitation. So I think that um, that's really promising. Education is going to be really key to Amber's point about the implementation. Um, we already see a need for education in the justice system around human trafficking and recognizing human trafficking um, and also understanding 
the impacts of, of trauma on people as they go through the justice system. So that piece will be really interesting. Um, the province already does support a lot of not-for-profit organizations who are supporting individuals who've been trafficked. And I think that's going to be key as well to seeing this bill be successful because actually accessing these tools and remedies will require the support of the whole community. So this will be government, this will be law enforcement, this will be not-for-profit organizations working together and having the resources necessary to be able to support clients as they go through the whole system. Well, we know that both of you will be there to keep a close eye on that to make sure that it's getting done and getting done in the right way. And uh, we'll be watching and reporting on it as this continues to move through. Amber, Amy, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. All right, uh, you can read uh, more about Bill 8. Again, it is the uh, Protecting Survivors of Human Trafficking uh, Act uh, that is being talked about right now in Alberta. Uh, the uh, the UCP government made a promise uh, during the campaign that it would move forward on this front when it comes to human trafficking in Alberta, and this is that step forward. We'll keep you updated on, on what this looks like in the days and the weeks ahead.